The Haith is a land of endless possibility. Between vast stretches of land and sea are communities of animal folk, living life and sharing in its wonder. Flocks of buggy creatures also share in the bounty of the land, from herds of bumbles to beetles to moths delivering letters by moonlight. And although the war was recent and not forgotten, a widespread culture of hospitality and kindness fills the hearts of many. The lonely conquerors of the past will remain as such. So what are you waiting for? Journey is out there, just waiting for you to dive in, and stories are waiting to be found. Come join us for another adventure and see what lies ahead. And don't forget to start with your left foot forward. and welcome to Left Foot Forward. I am your host, Jonah, or Daisy, and this is a Wander Home actual play series where we build the wonderful land of Haith together and fill the world with beautiful stories. Wander Home is a game written by Jay Dragon and published by Possum Creek Games. If you want to check it out, there will be a link to where you can find it in the episode description today. Or any day, I guess. Whatever day you're listening to this. Hmm. As always, we have a guest on the show, so why don't you say hello and introduce yourself? Hi everyone, I'm B. I am a TTRPG writer for the World of Wildermere uh, game series, um, which is almost a year old now, which is wild. Uh, I also am in the Frostwalkers podcast, which is on a bit of a hiatus just because of life, but we are... Uh, 5e actual play, but we might do other stuff, um, and yeah, uh, I do a lot of things within the TTRPG scene, I like to make myself available and try out different things and meet with really cool people. Alright, yes indeed, well thank you so much for joining us today on this Wander Home game. I'm super excited to collaboratively build with you and and see what we can get out. Yeah, agreed. Basically, what's going to happen is we are going to help narratively, or I guess not narratively, but we're going to walk through the character creation process of the character you are going to play and build today. I will frame my choices for my character alongside yours. Mm-hmm. Most of the listeners probably will know who my character is at this point, but it's always good to have a refresher and so you can learn who my character is. Yes. And as that happens, I will kind of jump back and forth between some interview questions just to kind of talk about games in general and what we love about them. Yeah, that sounds so awesome. Start, yeah, so to start us off, uh, I'll go with my first question. And that is about your experience with TTRPGs. 
If you want, you can give us the backstory, like how you started playing them, but how long have you been playing them? How, uh, how many games have you tried? Do you have a favorite? I mean, <laughs> if that favorite is not the one that you have written, which is pretty cool. Uh, so I started about maybe two years ago, two, three now. Um, we started with D&D, and it still has a special place in my heart for that reason, you know? Uh, Very fair. I still play I still play that with a lot of my friends. Um, I think my favorite current D&D campaign is one that my friend Sam runs, uh, which is set in a fantasy version of the Hawaiian Islands. Mm. And every character has that inspiration, and uh inspired by so there's like of course D D magic and everything in the world you know mm -hmm. um and it was these this group of kids from one island going who really never seen the world going out on an adventure together um and there's spirits and necromancy and dark powers and it's fun as heck and i play a a spirit bard named Kaipo who likes basically his whole goal in life is to document the tales of legends and heroes and when in, him and his friends went on this adventure together it took him a very long time to realize oh I'm one of those heroes now <laughs> and so he kind of distanced himself from the party for that reason for a good bit um I don't want to get too into that campaign but it is probably my favorite right now I love the Lonnie Islands and I will just say, because we're just talking history with DTRPGs, my favorite thing that came out of that so far, one of the weirdest, most wild things is we knew there was a group two. We knew there was a group two, you know? Yeah. Uh, the GM kept talking about group two, and we thought they were like another island or something. No, they're from the mainland of this world, and the mainland of the world is like super high-concept Magitech. Huh. So, uh, there's, like, a rock star in group two, and, like, uh, a wizard sports player. <laughs> like, basically, they they were playing Onward, and we were playing Moana, and both groups crashed. That's interesting. It was really fun, and, like, uh, the group two is currently on the Lonnie Islands right now, so they're in our neck of the woods but there's this like sinking suspicion in all of us that that's gonna inverse pretty soon you know <laughs> get to explore so, the other half yeah yeah so both sides get to be fish out of water which is actually really fun <clears throat> yeah that that is a super that is a super cool idea i've always wanted to like i mean i i don't know how many years it's been since i've actually run a game of dnt but I've always wanted to run some sort of game with, like, two separate parties exploring the same, like, world together and influencing each other. It always it always sounded super cool. Yeah, I... Since you can see the... Since you can see things and our audience can't, unfortunately, uh, I'm gonna send you... Uh, my partner, who does the art for Wildevere, did a campaign poster for the Lonnie Islands and for it's like one year anniversary and oh my god it's so cool wow that is super cool yeah Kaipo's the one in the far right with the paper in his hand nice and the grave cleric with the white hair on the far left with the cool uh 
cool orb thing is Kalani, and Kaipo and Kalani's bond is a really big part of their characters, um, which was really fun to do. I don't usually do, like, really in-depth character dynamics at the start, mm -hmm. you know? I like to let them grow, but Kaipo and Kalani were an exception, and their, like, dynamic and eventual, like, romance is one of my, my favorite parts of those characters because you have this very introverted grave cleric who cares a lot about tradition and you have kaipo who's this very energetic extrovert who wants to break all the rules and discover new things <laughs> and so those two for as much as they care about each other but heads constantly and it's so fun it's even down to the subclasses. Kalani cares that the dead stay dead as a grave cleric, and Kaipo constantly pulls up the spirits for his magic. <laughs> it's it's uh. one of my favorite dynamics. Like the two do really care about each other, but they are night and day. Oh, that is great. Well, that actually kind of leads into the next question I have. Which has to do with uh, what your favorite thing about TTRPGs is, or, or what they let you do. Uh, what's that thing that keeps you coming back for more? I think it is making new people and exploring new dynamics and telling stories with friends. Because, like, I feel like there's a very real need for people to, like, have a story that's theirs, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, I feel like you bond with people so much faster by telling a story than, like, making small talk. Yeah. You get to bring forth stuff that you, uh, that you care about and kind of show that to people. Yeah. Uh, going to Lonnie one last time, and then I'll move to Wilderer stuff, because stories. Uh, I remember one day we had a big, important plot session in the islands, and... We finished the game, and the first reaction when the session ended wasn't like, oh, that was so cool. It was just like, one of the people in the game was like, I love you guys. Oh, yes. <laughs> and it was like, not the reaction I think the DM anticipated. It was like, oh, god damn it, now I'm sad, now I'm emotional. <laughs> uh, but, like, that's, I think, the power of telling stories together is just you make a far greater impression on each other, you know? Yeah. And, I don't know, there's something really cool about the fact that it's like, one day you could be in this very perilous world like the Lonely Islands, and the next day you could be playing Wildebeer, where you don't have, where it's a very different story without any real violence or threat, you know? Yeah. Like, the variance of the stories you get to tell is really cool, and you get to do it with people you care about, and really, that's what it's all about, I think. Oh, yes, that's that's one of my favorite things as well. Just being able to tell stories that at the end make you like let out this deep sigh and just go, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh man, I I I have a very fun anecdote here. Um the gang of the Lonnie Islands have kept religiously deep notes. Uh to the point that our, like I said, our campaign anniversary was this week. We had to make a new note document because <laughs> uh, the first one was getting so big that it would take literal minutes for our computers to load them up on Google. Oh, gosh. Uh, 
And it is like a novelized retelling of our campaign from session one to the convergence of group one and group two. <laughs> it's so cool. We're like, we go back and read it like it's a book. It's so fun. Oh man, yeah. I wish I could be that good at taking notes. That is we so have, cool. We have one person who's like a god tier note taker. Uh, <laughs> love you, Burnt, if you're listening. Um, and the rest of us, like, help out when Burnt has big important scenes where he can't be writing. You know, uh-huh. uh, or if he like, for his hands hurt because they they do. <laughs> um, but even uh, in, in Wildervere, though, going back to the idea of like. You know, all, all that. The coolest thing about that is I get to play with a lot of similar slash the same people, but it's a very different world, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think we've gotten to, like, if you, for people who listen to the Wildebeer show, you, in spite of the limitation of, oh, there's no combat, there's no, like, physical conflict, you know? There's been a lot of really good stories, I think. Um, mm-hmm. We got to tell... Uh, I think the most emotional story I still think about when I try to tell people, like, you can still do emotional plots in Wildebeer, is uh, one of our characters was a changeling. And in the world, changelings are super accepted and welcome. But she herself didn't want to tell her friends, you know? It wasn't a societal pressure, it was a personal one. Um, And she came up with this whole elaborate scheme to, like, pretend to be someone else, and then, like, reintroduce herself to the party, and, you know, eventually, like, switch back and kind of lead this double life, you know? Mm. But the thing that she didn't anticipate was that the party's immediate response to meeting this new person was, oh, hi, welcome aboard, you're super welcome to hang out with us, you're really cool. <laughs> and then, hey, where's Ori? Oh. She didn't realize that they cared that much, and yeah. that, like, they would ask where she went. And so it turned into this big, like, cat and mouse kind of thing throughout the city streets of one of the major towns. And eventually she, you know, came clean and told everyone, and everyone was really like accepting of her and like told like basically waved off the day's antics you know yeah it was like no it's fine it's okay you know and i just the person who played ori brought a very human element to that very fantastical story you know mm-hmm. and like made some really deep parallels and uh, that a lot of people in the cast, you know, it hit. It hit real hard. Um, yeah. Especially the, like, personal element to it, you know? And, yeah, Fluth did a very good job with that. Especially because Ori is a child. They're all children. So, uh, there wasn't super deep articulation in that story because they're kids. But there was genuine honesty, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I really like things like that, that that come out of systems that don't like have violence in them. Like Wander Home too, it, there's there's no violence in the game either, but like you can get to conclusions like that or, or stories like that in D and D and like other systems, but 
pulling out that aspect of like, oh, fighting is the answer to everything. It really makes you like think about how to tell stories in other ways. Yeah. And like really makes you think about the interesting aspects of that and like bring forth the the actual humanity in your characters. Right, exactly. It's and I, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, it's so cool. <laughs> it is. It is really nice. And I think I think I don't know, I think the World of Rift crew for that show I, I'm gonna praise my friends all day, just so you know. Um, do amazing work with that. Like Ori's really developed. Uh, OJ, our little kobold, who is just oh, she has like weird powers even for this world. Uh, but because she's so little, she doesn't think about controlling them much. Um, and she like she likes to impulsively set things on fire because it makes her happy kind of a person and uh she she has grown because at first when people were like don't do that she would get very dejected about it and now mm. she's slowly starting to realize like oh maybe causing physical destruction might actually not be a good way to show i'm happy <laughs> oh only small ones only small fires <laughs> yep <clears throat> uh she also threw a boat up a waterfall they were using the boat, by the way. <laughs> I mean, that's a good way to get up a waterfall. <laughs> yeah, she just threw it. And everyone just kind of, you know, stared at her in horror. And she beat, and because she didn't... She rolled, like, a couple nat 20s. So she was able to avoid the flying person who nearly got brained by the flying boat. Oh, gosh. That was her first time she learned that, oh, I could actually hurt someone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dang. And yeah, and there's Scales, who's our like robot friend who likes to collect things from the past, and she's got her own story. It's really cool. I love them. Yeah, I always, <laughs> I always give all my players the credit whenever they're like, "Wow, that was such a great game." I'm like, I, I literally didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just sat back and and cried while you all talked to each other for a few hours. That is how it is. Oh. But uh, all of that to say, hopefully, uh, for your first official game of Wanderhome, we can bring some of those similar experiences and similar vibes because Wanderhome is a game about exploration itself. And I mean, both in the metaphorical sense and, and the literal sense as we build the world and explore our own characters lives within it so that should bring us to our next conversation about the character that we are going to build today yes uh, <clears throat> do you have an idea for which playbook you might want to choose i i i was instant i a lot of them are very uh i want to say Hmm. What's the positive way of saying general? I love how like vast the playbooks can be. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I wanted to pick something that was very Wonder Home, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Uh, so I, I, I really got into the firelight. Yes, I love the firelight. 
it's, it's so cool. It is um, really cool. Do you want to go ahead then to that Firelight page and read us that little description to, to yes. tell us who the Firelight is? Yes. It is easy to get lost in the darkness and the deep. The firefly at your side will always guide the way. You are alive. Your care is forward thinking, mutual, and shining bright. Oh, wonderful. What what drew you to the firelight? I know you talked about uh, wanting to find the wander home of it all, but is there anything in particular in that description that made you say, yep, this is the one? I, a couple reasons. Like I said, I wanted to find something that was specific to this world. I like doing that with new games. It's like mm-hmm. something, I know that they build, like there's a lot of playbooks and stuff that are very, setting unique and also ones that are pretty general to get people into the world feeling mm-hmm. but i love gunning for the weird ones the ones that <laughs> you would not find in another game you know yeah uh <clears throat> and also i have a character in a in another game that's kind of becoming a show there's two episodes of it out and we're holding back on releasing a bunch of other ones that we have edited uh called this called embers and I have a character there whose name is Brazier, and very similar energy, you know? Yeah. Uh, and Brazier is a very tragic character, so there was this part of me that's like, I want to take that same feel, but do something very nice with it, where instead mm. of Brazier, who's, oh, oh, there's some sadness to that boy. So, wow. like, a very big mix of things that just like i was looking at ragamuffin too because i was like good kid characters i love those and then i was just like no no i got i think this drove me you know yeah the ragamuffin is also a very fun playbook but i think you'll probably hear me say that about everything in this game like it's all so good it's very well thought out i ah it's so cool. Yeah, I I could talk I could talk for hours on on the feelings that this game makes me feel. But <laughs> <laughs> instead, let's continue on building your Firelight playbook. Um, to start out, do you have an idea for a name and some pronouns? I think we I'm gonna jump go around with... if you want. But yeah, I think we'll I'm gonna go with he him. But I don't really have a name yet, so come back to that one. Totally fair. We can always jump back to that. Names are hard. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, in the land of Wanderhome, journeying around the Haith, uh, we are all animal folk. Do you have an idea for what kind of animal or animal form that you would like to be? You don't have to choose from this list. If you don't want to, you can always go off the list. But everything in this is more of just like an initial... um, I don't know, initial touchstone to help you bring out the vibe. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, that's another one that is big choices with a lot of options are the ones that I'm going to need time with. So totally come, back, fair as well. come back to that one. But I will, I will get an answer to you very soon. Yeah. I just, I love the idea that they're nocturnal animals. So I'm, I've just been, as we've been talking, like looking at, lists of nocturnal creatures you know yes yes um 
Oh, yes. Okay. I'm sorry. I have like a random animal generator up on my computer as well that I like to just look at whenever I need like a like a kith or something. I'll just circle it through to see what pops at me. Yeah, exactly. So I, I understand. Do you want to take the time to, to look for what fits now or maybe we'll come back up to on it. that and come back? Okay. Ruminate yeah. on that. Yeah. So, so tell us some things about your your firelight then. The choose to list uh, is choose to you try to be, and two you know that you can't be. I like to think that uh, they are they are always positive, uh, and I love enough. I love that enough is on that list. Oh. I, I love the idea that this is someone who is actualized, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like enough is one of those ones that, like, you can't be is, like, the tra- the traditional character maker will be like, oh, edge, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, I love it as something that they know they are. I love, I love characters who are accepting, I guess. Uh, yeah. I think the things that they know they can't be are everywhere at once and consistently correct. Oh gosh, yes. Those are the two that they know they can't be. Even though they want to be. Oh yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Uh, that uh, yeah, that's uh, that's me <laughs> too. <laughs> oh, that's super cool. Um, the next thing is to describe your look. You can choose three to four things off this list, but you can also add in extra stuff that aren't on the list if you want. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I love the hat. I, I'm gonna take the hat. <laughs> the wide-brimmed hat that covers the eyes. I love oh, it. yes. Is there any uh, particular thing that that hat looks like other than just a wide-brimmed hat or... or... I like to think that there's maybe, like, a lot of different colored wrappings on it and, like, modifications that the person themselves have made. Mm. Uh, I It just hit me, the idea that they, like, like add multicolored streamers around the band to, like, you know how, like, Stetsons will have the, like, brown yeah. wrap? That they like to add multicolored ones each time they, like, have what they feel is something informative. Ooh, so they'll yeah, just like, like add that. a different color around the top, you know. So they probably have like two or three of those. They, it's not something they abuse, you know. Mm-hmm. They they only do it when they feel like they've had something very important happen to them. Yeah, add a few pieces of flair. Yeah, uh, the staff, it's just it's just good. I love the I love the staff and the art that has the little lamp attached to it. That's just. Yes. That's just yes. <laughs> um, you got to. You got to. Yeah, exactly. How else would you hold I mean, your lamp? Exactly. Um, well-loved fiddle is adorable. Go with that. Uh, and I like the shining eyes. So those are my four. I went for the ones that sounded evocative on the book. <laughs> Yeah. So. What do the what do the shining eyes? Uh, how does that look to you, or how does that 
feel? How, how does that manifest on this firelight, do you feel? I, I love the big, I, I, like, I have a dog and I've seen how their eyes look in darkness, you know, the like almost mm-hmm. green that takes them. I love that look. I think that. Yeah. So is it like even, uh, I guess right now, since we haven't uh, really I'm, seen, this is all we know of this, this firelight. We can just see them right now in the dark with those eyes piercing through. Once I find that, yep, exactly. Until we find out what they are. We're almost there. And then they step out into the light. <laughs> yes. Good. Okay. Uh, you now get to describe your firefly companion. Yes. Also, pets. Love pets. So. Yes. That's one of the best things about this playbook, too. <laughs> Let's see. I like they led you out of danger. And they've stuck with you ever since. Okay. Uh, and I like. Uh, let's see. I like the. It's a whole story too long to tell, and they have plenty of incredible mishaps along the way. Yeah. Both of those are, that's very good, so. Wow. Although it is a story too long to tell. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have an idea, at least for that first one, where they rescued you from or led you out of danger, what that might be? I feel like they're kind of someone who, like I said, they want to be right all the time. They want to be everywhere at once. Mm-hmm. So I think they might have been trying to you know, prove something to someone, just trying to like make a point. Maybe the point was that this place was dangerous and then uh, in their attempt to prove that point, they ended up getting a first-hand experience of just how dangerous it was. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes things are better left said than shown. Yeah. Also, also it's just dawned on me that red pandas can be nocturnal. Oh my gosh. I think it's perfect. Yes. Oh gosh, that's perfect for another reason too. I'll tell you when we get to my character. Okay. (laughs) Oh. Oh god, red pandas are just super cute too. They are. Um, as a sort of tangent, I guess, uh, I ask every every guest what they feel like the relative size of their character is, um, because you can be as like realistic or not in this game. And my character is a six foot tall rabbit. <laughs> I I feel like. Red panda, like in a fantasy world, because in real life they are very long critters. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so I think in a fantasy world that would translate to being very tall. Okay. So I don't know if they are also just like the very like tall, lanky frame with the firelight design. Like seeing it in my head is very good. Yeah. So I think they are like tall and 
tall in terms of like the humanoid versions. I don't know if they're six foot tall. Maybe they're maybe without the hat, they're like five twelve, like five eleven. But the hat makes them like grow a little. You know, yeah, it's a very yeah. big hat. They got a tall hat. Tall person with a tall hat, so they look like a tower. But they're like, if they took off the hat, it's far more reasonable. I think. I love that. Okay. Um, and then the last thing, well, yeah, one of the last things to choose in the playbook is you choose one light that you still keep lit and one that died out long ago. Uh, let's see. Uh... I like keeping, um, so they have just one that's titled, that's named Wisp, and I love that it's just something that's already a name. Uh, it is Wisp, a small and forgotten, many-faced god who is in love with your family. Uh, in love with your Firefly or family? Oh, Firefly. Oh, I it could that. also be family. That could I be read that wrong. It is Firefly. That's interesting. But I don't really know. I don't know if that's something that has been played with before. No, it has not yet, but also could be in different ways. Yeah, I like that that's the one that's still lit. Okay. Uh, on top of, of course, the physical little lamp, you know? Yes. Uh, I think the one that has gone out long ago is probably the the... I'm gonna say the the ornate. I like the ornate bronze oil lamp, the memory of your childhood home, mm. because I think that's something that they had on them for a very long time, and I think maybe that broke when mm. they were in that dangerous spot, yeah. and they lost that lamp, but they received, but in return, they met their firefly. Yeah, is that potentially? like the danger that the firefly led you away from like maybe you were trying to go back and get the lamp that could be it and it was just like maybe a moment of acceptance for them that like their childhood was over you know that mm. they have to be an adult now kind of thing yeah i like that dang Already got me there with the feels. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now they have like they have a new lamp, but in their mind it's like now this one is my life from that point downward. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the last few things in the playbook are to a figure out a name if you have it. And then the other thing is those questions at the end where we ask one to the left and one to the right. Yes. Um, we can ask as many of those as we want. They are essentially a way to kind of connect and bond our characters sort of as we're on our travels together. Uh, before you ask one of those to me, though, I will, I'll go through kind of my choices for my character so we can kind of get a feel for who we are. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll ask those, but... Do you have an idea for a name at the moment? 
Uh, I saw something that said that Russell means fox colored, which is hilarious on a red panda. Because it's, <laughs> it's like close enough. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, and it also means red, which fits. So, I think I like that name for them. I like Russell. Russell. All right. Also, it sounds like it sounds like an onomatopoeia, so that's nice. <laughs> Maybe it's spelled like the onomatopoeia. Ooh, I like that too. Um, like, like the the verb is how it's spelled, but it yeah. sounds like the name. I like that. I'm gonna go with that. I like it, that. <laughs> I also, that also continues a trend of onomatopoeic names for my characters. Let's go. <laughs> I had a I had a charity stream the first time I ever did a Twitch stream. Uh, I made a character named Jitter because <laughs> it was the synonym for Twitch. <laughs> um, and he ended up becoming one of my favorite characters. And so then the next time I played with a, a group, um, with that same group, the next time I made a character... Uh, for another one shot, his name was Skip, <laughs> and then the third one was named Rollick. So, <laughs> oh, that's so a, cool. With that group, I have a type where it's just like movement-based action verbs for character yeah. names, which is such a hyper-specific thing. But I'm so proud of myself that I've been able to keep up with it. Um, with the exception of I played a uh, Tales from the Loop. And because they had to be human names, I went with Neil. So, mm. unfortunate. But, uh, you know, they had to be normal kid names from the 80s. So. Well, I like Russell. And it's probably uh, <laughs> the sound that <laughs> happens when you appear, too, as exactly. maybe you come through a bush. Exactly. They, they, uh, they like to be heard first before being seen. Yes. I like that. Um, so I will, um, I'll give a quick rundown of my character. I am playing a moth tender, which is basically a post person in, in the world, uh, which is part of the reason for the series. It's, it's my character's journey across the world and the many people that she meets. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> her name is Mina Leftfoot. And Aww. she is a large, fluffy Angora rabbit. Uh, so she's very fluffy. Uh, about six feet tall. Uh, humanoid, so stands, you know, two legs and whatnot. Has broad shoulders. And she wears a newsy cap between her ears. And a little tuft of fur that sticks out the front is dyed purple. Uh, she uh -huh. has an orange scarf that she wears around that has little uh, pins connected to it that she collects. Mm -hmm. uh, the two things that she is are curious and trusting. And the two things that she is not, although her job asks her to be, are proper and blunt. Yeah. Uh, she carries a lunar calendar, small reading glasses, a map of the local moth towers, and the sense that I'm in over my head. Oh. Uh, on this grand adventure, not exactly sure what to do, but figuring it out along the way. As a moth tender, she gets to carry packages uh, or, or letters that she's delivering. Uh, mm -hmm. So far, I've only delivered one of these. <laughs> um, oh. 
but I've been imagining most of them as like their story prompts. So when the time comes that we decide to answer or deliver one of them, that will be the episode that I receive it. (laughs) So it's not so wild as to why have you, uh, it's been like a year and a half. Where's my letter? Right. Um, But the things that she carries are a summons from the king of the floating mountain for a cheerful old farmer with a big family, a basket of homemade candies for a cheerful young rabbit who just moved to the big city, and a hand-knit sweater for the venerable god of the ancient forest. Hmm. Um, And... In addition to that sweater, uh, in a few other sessions, uh, it has been added to in various ways. Uh, In one session, a small and forgotten god of yarn was woven into the sweater so it could go on a journey. Uh, And in another, a small and forgotten god, or maybe a larger and less forgotten god, of a different ancient forest <laughs> added some little like amber bedazzling to it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of growing as the journey grows, but I have no idea where the ancient forest is. And I don't know who this venerable God is. Cause I found this sweater inside a safe at the top of a sunken moth tower. So right. <laughs> who knows? I just know I found a package and I got to deliver it. Right. Um, Two things I carry with me are the wisdom of my caring adoptive mother, who reminded me to always be myself. I've been kind of taking that as a way to interject little, as my mom always said, sayings. Mm -hmm. And a promise to my best friend that weighs heavy on my heart. And this is the little sad part of Mina's backstory, because back in her hometown... Uh, she had a best friend named Elicor Luce, who used Zay Zem pronouns. Mm-hmm. And Elicor is a small red panda. <laughs> oh. Uh, and Zay, Zay Armina's best friend, who uh, had to stay at the, the, uh, the city or town, wherever, wherever the two of them grew up, because Mina went on this journey. And the promise was that the two of them would work in a moth tower together, when Mina was done, but she's still on her journey, has yet to fulfill that promise. Right. But Elicor likes to collect postage stamps, so Mina will send them back some letters every now and then with some some stamps on them. So yeah, Mina might be a little little sad at first when she meets another red panda. They might. I don't know. Uh, It is up to you, but it could be that Russell loves Elicor. Or uh, has some sort of tie potentially, there. Potentially, I, I don't... Uh, you want to keep them into the backstory? I get you. Yes, and yes, kind of. I mean, I, hmm, that's an interesting question. I mean, but not all red panthers need to know each other. But, yeah. But at the same time, if you wanted that, would, that to be part of the story, I don't know. That would mean you'd probably have to come from the same hometown. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Maybe maybe not then. We don't know enough about that place to do that properly, yeah. I think. That's yeah. fair. I, I was just thinking about, like, oh, well, you know, 
either way going to come up yeah um, so maybe not but still just always thoughts that come the, in your head the sentiment will be there exactly um, the idea the concept and yeah so so that's kind of the the um that's the story with mina she's been traveling around to deliver these letters and, and find the right moth tower for her and potentially Elicor. Um, but uh, at this point in the journey, we have met somehow. <laughs> yep. Do we want to talk about a little bit maybe how we met or kind of how we are interacting on the journey at the moment, uh, those questions to the right and left. We don't have to know how we met if, if we don't want to, but whatever the circumstances are, we are on this part of the journey together, at least at the moment. It could have even just been a passing through dark forest, uh, you know, and saw a light, followed them around, or like person offered to lead you through dark place you know yeah um, a potential another potential is mina does know another firelight <laughs> um, oh. in one of the previous episodes she she met another firelight who was trying to search for the home of all fireflies oh interesting <laughs> so maybe that's why mina has like stuck along with you to be like hey did you know this yeah just like met another one it's like hey i have a friend who had a question and i want to know if you yeah um, uh, <clears throat> okay. that's hilarious i love that and then maybe when they were like well no <laughs> I, I don't know the answer to that and then it was like well it's kind of late for you to be off by yourself you know <laughs> yeah uh, and then we just kind of like started walking yeah. together then i like that mm -hmm. um do you have an idea for one of these questions on this list right now, or maybe uh, circle back. First, you can ask first. Okay. Um, but I, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Let me let me think then, because let me go to my list. I've asked, I think, probably all of these questions before, but they're always interesting in different contexts. So I might ask some of them, but I also might just make one up. Let That's me fine. see. Let me see. Um. Okay. I'm going to say what led you. Hmm. In a way, I'm kind of rephrasing. I guess this is one of my favorite questions on the list rephrasing when did i realize that i could trust you um, mm. but sort of as the way of like when did you accept that i was coming with you i think it was their decision based on the night you know mm -hmm. there was something where it was like hmm like i get the sense that they're pretty younger i think like young enough that russell might have been like you should not be out in dark woods by yourself. <laughs> and it could also just be that Russell will just be that way. Mm -hmm. Like, it's my job, you know? <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. It was like, hmm, 
This is literally what I'm supposed to do with my life. So, <clears throat> you know, like, I know they could go by themselves, but, like, literally my job. <laughs> so Yeah. So maybe so, did you lead, um, lead Mina somewhere in, like, particularly to, like, take rest and cover for the night? Yeah, I think that's where, if that could be where they are, like, going there. Maybe Russell knows a spot in these woods because you know, close by enough, lives kind of near the spot. Uh, or if they don't know it, maybe the firefly is zipping ahead to find something. Ooh, yeah. I kind of like that image of uh, the firefly zooming out into this dark forest that we can't see anywhere. We yeah. see the light go around a corner, and then we flip and see the firefly coming back to, to those piercing eyes in the dark. Yeah, and so they're looking for a spot to drop off Mina, basically. Oh, gosh. Just leave me there. Well, Russell's hoping to find, like, civilization, you know? That's, that's true. Like, All right. the, their plan is, like, find a place to let them stay, you mm. know? Instead mm -hmm. of, and leave them there. Instead of find a spot in the woods that's cozy. You know, well, yeah, so maybe their thing is, like, well, we at least have to get out of these woods. And if it's morning by then, then, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> In which case, oh well, we'll find a spot in the day. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Regardless, regardless, you're getting rest. <laughs> so we are just we're just trying to find some rest. Uh, rest in the woods, I guess. Yeah, I think Russell. For Russell, this is probably prime time because I think he is also a bit nocturnal, much like his animal names. You know. Mm -hmm. uh, so for him, it's like, oh, this is what I do, my job. You know, this is normal <laughs> right. for me. But for Mina, it might be like, uh, you are, you know, you've had a long day. You should not be in the woods this deep by yourself when you're already, oh, yes. like, tired. I'm sure Mina is probably, like, very, like, closing her eyes slowly and, like, slumping down a bit. Maybe that's why he started talking, is, like, keep them awake, keep them awake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and do you have a question for me now? Uh, hmm. Ooh, I like this one. Where do you wish I could take you and why can't I? Mm, interesting. Okay, let me think about this. Because there's a few things... Oh. I... Hmm... There's the easy answer that's just, like, home, and you can't because I'm on this journey. Or maybe you can't because you just don't know where home is. Both of those are true. <sighs> but I always like to... I like to at least clock the easy answer and think of one that might be a little more in-depth as well. But we'll see if my brain can get there. Yeah. Where you can lead me. Maybe, maybe what I wish you could guide me to is, uh, to a friend. No. Oh. That's interesting. Yeah. Because Russell's keeping a very, like, business sort to this. Yeah. Yeah, because they're just like, <laughs> and that's I'm doing why my job. Yeah. yeah, I'm doing my job, just taking you home, don't worry about it, just taking you somewhere to stay. Uh, <laughs> And maybe Russell will come around. Like, those those can'ts could be can't yet. <laughs> <laughs> There's always that possibility. 
All right. Um, okay, I like that a lot. Uh, you are just trying to do your job and get me somewhere safe, and I am looking for a friend. Yeah. So, two more things before we are wrapped up with our character creation interview session. The first is another question that I sort of have been using as a like a, a way to gauge wishes or desires for the session. You can answer it as literal or metaphorical as possible. But I want to ask what you are looking forward to exploring most in the Haith. Whether that's something your character wants to see, an emotional, like, plateau or, or place we want to reach. I, I think... I think maybe Russell would like to see where his firefly comes from. Oh, okay. I like that. Do you have an idea of where that is, or do you want to maybe build that out as we play? Maybe build that out. Okay. I like that. And then, the last question I have is one that I ask all of my guests to add a physical attribute to the world. Something that we can point to and say, hey, that is a thing that is in this world, and the more guests I have, the more collective places that we create, and, and have just beautiful places to potentially explore, or just point to and say, hey, that's pretty cool. Uh, I, like, the world. I, I like this woods that has just been assumed. Um, yeah? I like, I like this deep woods because I think I think you can do a lot in there. I like the idea that maybe this woods is, in a way, Russell's. They kind of feel they have some stake in it because maybe they're the only firelight who watches this place, you know? Mm-hmm. They're, maybe it's, like, so dark and deep that most firelights wouldn't even bother, you know? Like, mm. especially novice firelights would feel that that's too much. So maybe Russell, who's maybe devoted a little bit more time to it, is like, this is my space, you know? Yeah, like, this is your home, you're kind of protecting it. and Yeah, and I think maybe when Russell has no new friends to wander through, maybe they're looking for answers about this place. Mm. I think okay. maybe even he doesn't know everything about it yet. Okay. Is this a place that you might want to explore in this session? Or is it a place that we feel Russell is, is ready to step out of for a moment to find where his firefly came from? I think maybe... I think maybe they met in those woods. Mm -hmm. uh, so they might have walked through it a bit, but I think for the most part, the session could be out of it. Okay. I like that. Uh, and then... One quick question before we take our break is about your Firefly. Does does your Firefly have a name and pronouns as well? I think the Russell just uses they for the, okay. for the Firefly. Um, I like I like the idea that Russell maybe is in a place of like they haven't told me their name yet. Mm, okay. Maybe Russell will like ask them like Do you like this one? One yes, do you no. Know? And it's always been those so far. Yeah, I haven't just, found their name. 
Yeah. So for now, it's just my friend. <laughs> I like that. And Perfect. He may, he may have an inkling that maybe the hidden awayness of the name has something to do with the connection to Wisp, but unsure. Ooh. Like, conspiratorial brain is like, does it have something to do with the fact that there's this, like, force watching over you? Like, do you have, like, some sort of true name that I'm supposed to guess, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's where his brain is at with it, but he's also like, I could also be massively overthinking this. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And, both are very, very possible. Perhaps the the firefly doesn't have a name of its own and is waiting to uh, find one that it likes. Yeah, maybe. Well, uh, that wraps up our character creation session. Uh, I'm super excited to dive in and see what we can find. In this.